All right, uh, so a couple things here. Uh, a new study finds that African-American men seem bigger and more dangerous to their white counterparts. Uh, researchers at Montclair State University surveyed 950 American participants online and found that the majority uh, viewed a sample of a black man or uh, found that the, that the majority viewed a sample of black men depicted in photographs to be larger, stronger, and more muscular than white counterparts when it turned out that both individuals in the set actually um, were the same size. Uh, researchers at Montclair State University um, uh, they say unarmed unarmed black men are disproportionately more likely to be shot and killed by police, and often these killings are accompanied by exclamations that cite the physical size of a, of the person shot. Um, uh, uh, the researcher says, "Our research suggests that these uh, the descriptions may reflect stereotypes of black males that do not seem to comport with reality." Interesting. Even black participants demonstrated this cognitive bias to some extent, perceiving the black males to have more heft than the white males. They did not, however, uh, view the black males to be more dangerous in a given situation than a similar white male. Um, so uh, I, I think this is embedded into the subconscious of, uh, of uh, white Americans, that black men appear bigger and more dangerous and that they're and I wonder what that comes from. Like, I wonder, I wonder if that's if that's news cycles um, portraying black criminals on a consistent uh, in, the, in the 80s and 90s. I don't know if that's embedded in it, um, if it's. I, I think it goes yeah. further back than Me that. Too. You had black men working in the fields mm-hmm. doing hard labor. I think we've always looked at black men as having this superpower strength and this capability. Hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, how many times have I heard women say, white women or Latin women, I want my mandingo? Yeah. So it goes, yeah, my mandingo. I've heard that throughout (laughs) my years, women referring to black men as, ooh, I want my mandingo. So it goes all the way back to back in the day, slavery days. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I mean, the LA Times did something uh, where they called black, the super Negro, where where people just view black people or black men, I guess. I don't know how they view women. Just as this dangerous individual, it's it's so weird. I I don't I can't even wrap my head on how. And I understand you know going back into into the fields, but I mean how how is it in today's society in today's culture? How is that still permeating into into the psyche of white America? Well, it, it, you can't you don't just change the way you see something. You see it the way you see it unless something comes along and changes your perspective. I don't think we've ever had a reckoning in America. Maybe the fact that we had a black you know president, but even then. People, I think, made a very like an, an exception. It was a, as a, in their minds. It was like, oh, okay, you're different from the majority of black men. Most bl- black men are like this. There are some black men that are kind of like the Obama type, but most black men are still big and strong and scary. On a wide scale, we haven't changed the way black people are perceived in this no, country. No, not at all. Hmm. And I guess maybe hip hop culture might have something to oh, do with yeah, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I wonder if hip hop hip hop culture is where they're learning a lot of this stuff from, and then that, and they see kind of the dark side because uh, a, a vast majority of the hip hop culture is kind of this street thug um, gangster type of presence. Yeah, and it's hard because I know originally a lot of hip hop culture came from people just sharing and talking about their experiences. Mm-hmm. And if your experiences are hard and you're living in unsafe conditions, that those are the stories that you're going to tell. Right. But then it starts to become very cyclical because then those when those people are the ones that we're praising, they are heroes, 
then that type of lifestyle then becomes glorified and it's no longer just an account of a story but something that people are ascribing to yeah Mm -hmm. interesting and then you have shows like these reality shows that kind of like for instance when you watch like you know love and hip-hop and no disrespect to the show but uh what's her name mona scott lee is that her name it's not like she has the best of the best the cream of the crop sometimes on her show sometimes um they're people that are on the show that are just not good representations at all yeah. no, of no, I, the yeah. community. So. Yeah, I, I, I look at that. I mean, and a lot of people, I think we talked about this before, they can't really de- don't really decipher that TV is just fake. Yeah, I, mean, they're, I know. They're, they're just, they're acting and um, they're acting a, 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 a butthole on TV. Um, and it really doesn't do good for, I guess, shaping the narrative or, or the imagery of, of black America. Um, a simple way to find out if people are racist. Now, in a new study, they examined the relationship between beliefs about Jesus' race, racial attitudes, social dominance orientation, and colorblind racial ideology. They found that individuals who believe Jesus is white were higher in both explicit and subtle forms of anti-black prejudice, mm. i.e. symbolic racism, and had higher feelings of warmth toward white people from individuals who believe Jesus is non-white. In addition, they found that those who believe Jesus is white versus non-white had a higher preference for group-based social hierarchy and were more likely to endorse colorblind racial ideology. Analysis indi- indicated that social dominance orientation and colorblind racial ideology fully mediated the relationship between believing Jesus is white and explicit anti-black attitudes. Uh, the relationship between uh, believing Jesus is white and subtle anti-black prejudice was also fully mediated by colorblind racial ideology. So a simple way, I, w- I would assume, because of this study, would be to ask somebody, to find out if they're racist or prejudiced, would it be asked somebody to believe Jesus is black? If you be, if they ask if they don't believe Jesus is black, then they're and they believe Jesus is white, then they're either prejudiced or racist or have those. Or beliefs they're more likely be, to be prejudiced yeah. or racist. That's a very interesting. I get that. I yeah. believe it. Yeah, I mean, it, I want to start asking people that. Do you? What do you believe about Jesus? What color do you think he was? Yeah, just just go around asking them that, and I mean, because the study basically said that if they if if they believe Jesus is white, then you know they they they're anti they're they anti black they have anti black prejudice. Uh, I, so funny! I love this woman, Dr. Nita Phillips. She is a pastor, preacher, but also mental health um, specialist, and she talks a lot about how people's faith actually tells you a lot about their racial beliefs Mm -hmm. everything from you know like your question to what's your favorite bible verse she said even with people's five favorite bible verses it's very telling of their racial experience in america Mm -hmm. and the the example she uses that for a lot of white people she's found that the favorite bible verses tend to be you're my friend in time of need it's this very me and you are close and we're cool and you hear me and you keep we walk beside still waters and she said for most black people the favorite verse tends to be you're my rock in a hard place Mm -hmm. or something about making it through a difficult time like you you got me and you're gonna order my steps and just the language and the ways that we relate to God are even so different based upon the way that we're treated in our That's life very experience. Interesting. Right? Like the, the Bible verse is all about struggle and pain. Yeah. Versus like a happy, friendly situation. Um, but yeah, her, I think her talks and her studies are so interesting, but she what? talks about that a lot. Just it all informs one another, right? Like why wouldn't our 
experiences here, racially or otherwise, inform our relationship with God and our faith? Yeah, I think the one Bible pack my mother used to stay with the Bible, the one Bible passage that she, I think, made me read over and over was uh, that, I, uh, that though I walk down the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear, fear no evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, 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 now that you say it, it's very representation of my mother's life. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, do you guys have a, a favorite Bible verse? Um, yeah, and I I chose mine, like, very recently. Well, it depends on what my what season of life I'm in. But right <laughs> now, I love that Jesus <clears throat> says that we'll do greater works than I've done. Like, greater works than these you'll do with my father. Basically, it's uh. just like a reminder that of the power that we have, because I think so often, especially with faith, the conversations can be very, you're nothing, you're, you can't do nothing, you ain't nothing, and we need God, and we do, we do need God, but the truth is, he's inside of us, and Jesus is like, all these miracles I'm doing, no, you could do even greater things than I'm doing, it's like a reminder of our power. What about you? (laughs) I had to find mine, because I wanted to make sure that I got it right, so mine is from, let's see, tell you exactly what it is okay it says um it's romans chapter 12 verse 19 and it says do not take revenge my dear friends but leave room for god's wrath for it is written it's uh, wait hold on for it is written it is mine to avenge i will i will repay says the lord Oh, that sounds very, um, it's that sounds a very reminder. You. It's so, a reminder so, so, so I need a reminder. Like, seriously, I need that because I can be very angry and I can say, I'm going to take care of this myself. I'm going to do this. And I have to remember that literally if somebody does you wrong, you just need to sit back because God's in control. You know what I mean? I really believe that. And I just have to remind myself because I do believe if I do something to hurt somebody, it's going to come back on me tenfold. Yeah, 100%. I, I have. I think we all have to remind ourselves one that God is in control and, and to stop letting things get to us and stress. You know, it's it's a. Uh, I had a, a talk with a friend a, um, a while ago, and he was like, you know, God hits you with these pop quizzes every single day. And a lot of times we just be failing yeah. uh, left and right. You know, we want to do what our flesh tells us to do. And our flesh wants instant gratification. It wants revenge. It wants, you know, a retribution. It, it just wants all of that. And to let God handle all of these things um, that you uh that may be out of your control, you know, and just to it, it takes a lot of discipline to sit there and, and to uh, ignore the attacks. It's that hard. It's very hard. It's it very is hard. so hard, you know, so I need to remind myself. I have all kinds of stuff written all over in books. And when I get upset, I read different verses to remind me, stop, mm. you know, because it's 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 easy to get really upset and wound up especially nowadays. So true. Yeah, yeah. Well, the next time you're out, uh, start asking your friends uh, what color they believe Jesus was. It's a very subtle way to find out whether or not they... I feel they... like it's a conversation I've had with all of the people I'm close with just naturally, but it's yeah. not something I'd ever think to ask a stranger or a new friend. Yeah, I mean, what are they what, are they... what are they... What are their answers? All, all my friends think Jesus was black. black. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if they are adamant that Jesus is white. Well, you know, Megyn Kelly... Didn't Megyn Kelly say Jesus was white? I would she be did? surprised. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I think she said. I mean, he looks very white in America. I feel like most churches here, they're not really praising Jesus. They're praising white Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he's a whole different creature with a whole different set of beliefs. Apparently, yeah. he's super Republican and loves Trump. Hilarious. I know, right? You know, well, yeah, I mean, the funny thing is that there's really no picture of Jesus. There is no, there, I think the earliest known picture of Jesus was in a cave in Syria. Um, uh, and, and I think that was 200-something years well, after he died. We're the ones who are obsessed with what he looks like. 
clearly yeah. God didn't think it was important enough to include descriptions. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, all right, uh, Alec Baldwin and the producers are getting sued um, uh, over the uh, rush shooting uh, on the movie set, and then the DA speaking out about out about that. We'll talk about that when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Be sure to follow and subscribe to all our socials at KBLA Talk 1580 on Facebook, Twitter, and IG. Stay in touch with us by downloading the all-new KBLA Talk 1580 app on your smartphone. smartphone. History is now, and you are part of it. Thank you for spending your days with KBLA Talk 1580. Let's jump back into the conversation. We've got a lot to talk about. Krista, can you can you read your favorite Bible verse for me one more time? Okay, let me go back. Are you going to make fun of her? No, I just just want to. I just want to. So this is Romans 12. Okay. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Okay. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. All right. Let's go to Anonymous on line one. Oh, gosh. It's okay. Uh, am I on? Oh, no. <laughs> Why are you doing this? I knew to it. Me? I knew. I knew Don had something up his sleeve. All right. Yeah, What's yeah. up, Anonymous? How's it going? All right, Anonymous. Are you ready for me? I know yes. you don't know it's a lot of time. Oh, you want gosh. me to get to the point? Can you? So, go, go, what, what? Oh, go ahead. Get to the point. Okay. Well, if the, if if uh, the, your, I think it's your Christian co-host will stop just talking. Uh, go ahead. Just go ahead. Don't don't worry about it. Get to the okay. point. Go ahead. No. Now, uh, speaking of uh, her, your Christian co-host, uh, Krista, my name she, is Krista. What? Thank you. Thank no, you, you, Krista. You, you told me, you know, yesterday, you, the last time you told me, don't mention my, you said, don't mention my name, don't talk to me. That's what <laughs> my name is Krista. Right? I have a name. So it's I guess now, Krista. Oh, okay, now, we, now we'll, t- we can't t- you, we'll talk to, you, to each other. Now, uh, as I said, you, um, you say you're an expert on, well, you know Revelation. That's your main Yes, focus. yes, that's my main so thing, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, therefore, you know, I'm surprised you didn't jump in when when uh, you Don and you know you all you you Don asked the question what what race is Jesus uh, mm-hmm. and that will determine if okay so you know revelations since you're an expert on it well you you know it uh, you should know that Jesus's face it says Jesus that's, in fact that's the only uh, description of Jesus in Revelation John, I think it's John talking I don't know if it's John the Baptist or whoever yeah. he says the, the uh, Jesus' head, mm-hmm. talking about the lamb, talking mm-hmm. about Jesus, his, mm-hmm. his, his face, his face is white as snow. It says it's his face and hair are white as snow. Now it actually says his head and hair are white as snow, uh, like lamb's like lamb wool, as white as lamb's wool. That means his face, Jesus' face, what is revela- white. What, what, not, what, not, what, what, no, what it says reading? his hair was white and no, wool. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yes, no, it Don. does. Yes, it does, because I was like, I don't remember that part at all. Hold on. His hair look, was look white. Go, go like, I'm looking at it, look right, it right, now. right now. His head and his hairs were white, Wait, like okay, wool. Okay, head, head. Head, head. The hairs of his head, it says, were white. No, 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 it doesn't say, no, Don, you're wrong. You don't. His head, his head. I'm looking at history.com. I mean, what do you want me to look at? It's Okay, read it right. It says his head and hair. Head and hair are white as snow, right? It actually depends on which version you're looking at because the version I'm looking at says the hairs of his head were white like wool. Well, well, the the other versions... uh, in my version, the New Living Translation, and the King James Version, I, 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 about four, 
45 people mm-hmm. have told me it says his head and hair are white as snow. That means head, head, that means his cheeks, that's a part of your head. Cheek, your nose, your chin, your forehead is a part of your head. That means his head, his face, his face is white as snow. So that's going beyond Caucasian. Well, hold White on. People. I can can I tell you something real quick? I don't mean to interrupt you, anonymous. I'm going to read something for you. For many scholars, Revelation one fourteen verse fifteen offers a clue that Jesus's skin was a darker hue, and his hair was woolly in texture. Okay, what, what verse it says is that? It, it says uh, Revelation one fourteen verse fifteen. I'm just telling you what scholars are saying, and it says what, his God, eyes. No, 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 wait, hold on. Let me, let me just tell you. His eyes alike a flame uh his eyes were like a flame of fire and his feet um they were bronze so if your feet are bronze you're not white so the hair is like i always knew when what i read was that his hair was like wool i grew up knowing that that jesus was not white with blonde hair blue eyes and long hair yeah. So, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think maybe, um, you might need to get like, uh, what do they call those little things? They used to have them in in school, um, crib notes or whatever oh, for the Bible. That yeah, might help I'm you a little bit I've to kind of understand Bible. a little got, bit more. I've got the Bible. Cliff notes. I've, Cliff I've notes. Several Bibles say his head and hair. Well, yeah. I think number one, we have to look at interpretation, right? Because the, oh, now the, in, the interpretation. no, not now. That's what we've been discussing this entire time. Interpretation. When you're translating, anybody, anybody who speaks any language knows that things don't always translate exactly the same way. Right. For example, my grandparents are Haitian. Sometimes they'll say, "Close the light." That's not what we say here. We say turn off the light. But if you translate it exactly what they're saying in another language, it's they're using the word for clothes. So interpretation actually does matter. And most scholars agree that he's not white. Yes. Why? Because when he was younger, right after he was born, if you read the Bible, you know, his parents took him to hide out in Africa. His parents took him to hide out in Africa. How could you take a white baby Mm -hmm. to hide out in Africa and not be found? They took him someplace where they thought he would be safe and no one would notice him. But even you know, nope. e- even in that, even in the description that that you're looking at, where it says his head and and his hair were white like wool, white. as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire, his feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. Those things you are agree true. It's in there. Those, it's, you agree. It's well, it all, dep- it, all, it all depends on which version of the Bible you're reading. That's the, this is the, I'm reading, reading this from the New Living Testament, which mm-hmm. is a a updated translation. You know, and you got to go back to what the original Greek one says uh, to get the actual translation and have somebody who uh, yeah. Understood. The NIV says the hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. It doesn't say anything about his head. It says, it no, it, it says, the, say I'm reading it right now. The hair on his head was white like wool, as okay, white well, as snow. Well, so several, he had gray hair. Seen, <laughs> that's bottom seen, line. Great thick hair. Bible, several Bibles I've seen says his head and hair. And several Bibles snow. say the, the opposite, too. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, that okay. goes both ways. It, it all depends on okay. you, you need to understand. Well, that's why I think context is important. Understanding that he was born in a country where people, number one, didn't have white skin. Right. And number two, the right. place where he went to hide, his skin wasn't white. Also, can we talk about how he says his eyes were like fire? White people don't have fire eyes. And what I see, what I see right when I read this is actually a description of spirit and something that's not human. And we're trying to attribute human characteristics. Can can I ask you something real quick? I know that I I feel like you're trying just to find a reason not to believe. Why can't you just say, Jesus, (laughs) I I surrender. I surrender all. I surrender all to you. I surrender. 
surrender all. Join in with this anonymous. I surrender all. You sound brainwashed. You know, yeah, believe, believe, believe yourself with no, with no evidence, you know. I know you, you Wait, well, you're believing you oh, believing with no evidence either. Wait, anonymous, okay. can no, I ask I you a question? I, I believe, can I, I ask you a question? Go Have ahead. you ever been to Mars? <laughs> no, but I Do you I believe trust the that do you believe that because it I exists? Trust, I trust okay, the, but I trust you're trusting. Billion. What I'm saying is, you're trusting third parties to confirm a fact that you have no. not confirmed for yourself. And we also right. we also have we also have to have images and pictures of Mars. So, uh, have you ever that. taken those pictures? Okay. No. Uh, all I'm saying one. is, all I'm saying <laughs> is, for for a lot of people, I think it's so interesting that say, well, I trust science. I'm like. But you haven't done any of the independent studies and you haven't been to these places. So you're trusting a third party who you believe is telling you the truth. Same way with a lot of people with religion. They're trusting a third party who they believe. I think he just just likes trying to to trip people up with with, with the many. No, I don't have that agenda. (laughs) Now, let me me ask you this. Why? why, Well, first of all, I want to get to the. Uh, Chris, I can say your name now. Uh, you say you 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 uh you claim to believe. I'm sure you believe in Jesus. You say you're Christian, mm-hmm. but then uh, a, a few days ago I was listening, and uh, you know Jesus said, uh, "Turn the other cheek." But I know. You, 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 I know. You, you said that. I you struggle. Said that you, believe, you you said you said a few, a, two three shows ago. You said you believe in an eye for an eye. Yeah, so that I means struggle. You, don't, you believe the opposite of Jesus. You believe in. Uh, what no, a, she, but she just said she struggles. I just, I just told you. I, I just, I told you I struggle, but I also do believe there is a verse in the Bible, and I have to find it about an eye for an eye. I know there's a verse, but I don't believe. Well, I, I, I should. In Old Testament, God said an eye for an eye. That was right. God's law. Right. And then Jesus came and He changed it. That's in the New Testament. Right. Right. But and you, so but I do. I struggle. And so no, let me explain something to you, Anonymous. You you, because nobody's perfect. You act like you, Christians you know, are supposed don't. to be perfect. We are not perfect. We struggle. We, that, we, that's why, why we ask God to forgive us. But why would you say, even say, make that statement that you believe in an eye She for didn't eye. say do, that do, she do, believes do believe that it's the right, most moral way. Right. She says, as what? a human being living on this earth, it's this hard. is how I feel she because it's hard. About a human being. Yeah, you were I'm about, explaining. Uh, we're adding context. No, what he's talking about is prison. And so um, I do have a soft spot. I remember what he's talking about for children or for serial killers. Oh, like, it bothers me. So I do believe that there's certain people that go out there. Like, for instance... I'm going to tell you, like Hitler, I, I just wish they, sl- you know, slit his throat, the things that he did to people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that Those types of people I'm talking about. But no, w- Christian struggle. You think that we walk around every... I don't walk around, I'm holier than thou. I, I'm asking for forgiveness every single moment of the day because I know that I'm a flawed person. I have a yeah. bad temper. I felt bad. I was thinking about Anonymous, believe it or not. I was like, gosh, I was so mean to him. I should not have, you know presented myself in such a mean way you know because then it's going to kind of feed on what he already believes but no i struggle i have a temper and i work on it every day that's what i always say to you if we were perfect we wouldn't need jesus i wouldn't need no (laughs) forgiveness i wouldn't need no grace i would just be like i'm good i don't need religion i'm perfect and that's what bothered me about trump when he said i don't need to ask for forgiveness i don't know if you ever remember that when they asked him like about his prayer life and and asking you know for i don't need to ask for forgiveness that's when i was like yeah this is forget him i don't have time for this Mm -hmm. all right um she likes to your phone call we'll get to your phone call when we come forward this kbla talk 15 we know you have options but thank you thank you for making the best choice the only station in la of the people by the people for the people. We are unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. Let's go 
to Sheila in Los Angeles. Hi, Sheila. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, I wanted to uh, address the caller uh, before me. And I don't um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when he came on, it's funny because when he came on, he said, I haven't read it, but other people have told me. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then when, what, Tiara Christa read the verse, yeah. he tried to change it. It said the hair on his head, and it, and it says in Deuteronomy, I think it's the 12th, do not add or take away from my commands or my words. So he's trying to make it seem like his head is a part of his face when he's wrong. And then finally, I just wanted to tell you that um, an eye for an eye is in Matthew 5, the fifth chapter. Matthew 5. Okay. Uh, Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, but he was wrong. I just wanted to let him know that he admitted to calling in. Okay, you guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, he, I think he just likes anonymous. Anonymous is funny, you know, because he just likes to. He just wants to trip you up and and show you that your faith, or that your faith in, I guess, in the Bible is um, is fallible, and in, in, in that you know. Um, and, and we got to be logical. Come on, when someone says you had a head full of hair, do they mean that there's hair all over your face? <laughs> No, they mean it's on top of your head. Come on. Cultural expression. I just think he's just trying to find a reason not to believe. And he kind of wants. You know, I understand. I think, you know, we talked about the other day. One of the callers was talking about C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. Yes. Which I think is a great book. Anonymous, if you're listening, I challenge you to read C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, because I think it is a great read for people who think very logically. I'm a logical thinker. Mm -hmm. So sometimes outside of over what I feel like can be like over spiritualized like trying to convince you of things i think having somebody break things down logically was really helpful like i'm definitely the person who jesus left the holes in his hands for who's like i gotta leave the holes in my hand so that you can see that it's real and it really happened mm -hmm. i'm that person mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm like okay that's a good story can i see the holes though just to like make sure <laughs> you know i like the facts yeah i like all the facts right right no you're right because i have the why well, there's a podcast that i listen to on spotify and um they play excerpts from uh, C.S. Lewis mm -hmm. and and what he's saying and so in fact I heard about that I heard about him from my pastor I didn't even know and then when you and the other caller that that called in I forget his name I think it starts with an E and he was uh, talking about it too I was like oh my pastor had mentioned to people they should actually listen to his words or read the book there's a lot of logical stuff there even when we think about how intentionally our world was created how yeah. the plants need us and we need the plants and how we're the perfect distance from the sun if we were any closer we'd burn up if we were any further then we'd all freeze to death but right. everything was so intentional he said the idea that there was no creator and there was just some bang is like taking a deck of cards right. throwing it against the room and just or, or against the floor well, and know, it just yeah. comes out as a card house that yeah. doesn't happen it doesn't, anytime, no. anytime you start anytime i think when i used to when i be before I became heavily, I guess, spiritual, and, and, and my one thing always brought me back to that. Yeah. How did all of this right. start? It right. just, nothing can start from nothing. Right. And, and we do know from just gr gravity, we know from nature, if you just drop something onto the ground, what naturally comes together, it's, it's not organized. It's chaos. Chaos is natural when you just throw something. Things don't just perfectly come together in a shape if it did we'd be like what kind of trick is that when you have something that perfectly comes together it suggests even here on earth that there was a creator right you don't just see a house built perfectly and think oh it just popped up there was a bang in the house no somebody created yeah, that intention right of course all right uh of more of this conversation when we come forward it's kbla talk 1580
Nobody's perfect, but everybody's important. Don't change the dial. We've got a lot to talk about. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are rooting for everybody black. KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. All right. Um, do women like good morning texts? I've always been told, now these are older women, that women like to wake up to a good morning, beautiful, good morning, like that really kind of makes them feel good. But this woman who says, don't call me white, that's the name of her podcast, says otherwise. Oh, come on now, let's see. There Stop with the good morning. Like, you just really think they could good morning you. It's a fucking, it's never going to happen. That does not work. We hate that. Don't text me good morning every morning. When you text me good morning every morning, you know what I think? You have a rotation of bitches and I'm just in that line. You got to be to work at 5 a.m. So what? I sleep too, too. I don't want your ding, 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 good morning. And I wake up in the afternoon. It's very annoying. And it's nothing special about it. Like, why are you saying it? Like, it's just dumb. And the grand rising shit. The queens don't like any of that. And they are grand rising queen. Pray that this sunrise. Yes, it's some deepy weird shit. I don't know. I'm not into it. You call me queen, we done. I kid you not, rather say good morning, bitch, than good morning, queen. Grand rising queen. Good morning, bitch. Because it's something ain't right with it. Smells of sage. Just be regular. What is the point of telling me good morning every morning? Tell me. Stupid. That's how men are, though. I, you know what I think they think? I'm going to say good morning. Damn, I wish I could get some brunch. Come on over, Never gonna happen. Like it's stupid. Even talking about it is irritating the f out of me. It's ridiculous. So I uh, I dated a woman like this once, and I stay away from this type of this personality type. It's mm -hmm. just a little too aggressive for me. I mean, she did come off as a little bit aggressive, but I don't like niceties either. They actually really annoy me. I don't like when people just text you "Hey" or "Hello." Or a good morning, especially if we're not really, really close. Like, if we're already dating, we're close, and we're checking in in the morning, beautiful. Other than that, You're I more like... more logical? Is that what no, this is? No, I, I want you to be specific. Like, hey, I know you have a meeting today. You know, I hope you do really well. Hit me up later if you have some time. Like, a specific comment, because to her point, it almost feels like a group text. Like, you know how you get texts from people, and you can tell they sent it out to 10 different people? Oh, got it. Like, hello, this is going on. Da, da, da. Would love for you to buy this. If you just click here, it's like there's nothing special So, uh, so I have to say good morning, uh, beautiful Kiara? No, or, or just, I don't even care for that. Just a real check-in. Like, do you actually care how I slept last night? Do you actually care what I have well, going I on Well, I care today? that you like the good morning text. That's why I give it. Yeah, well, it, de it depends on the person, but I like when people are very specific and intentional. Anything outside of specific and intentional, it's almost like if someone says, oh, I like your outfits, like, that's nice. Okay, thanks. But if someone's like, oh, my gosh, that's such a cute shirt. I love the way that it's cut, or I love the way that you – and it's very specific. Okay. You're like, oh, this is actually for me. Well, Otherwise, gonna, it just feels fake. I'm going to say I, good I, morning. I definitely get what she's saying, but it, for me, it depends on the person. It really does. If it's just somebody I just met, it depends on how into him I am. Yeah. If I'm just – I'm not quite sure if I'm into him and he sends that to me. I don't know if I believe him. I think he might be, you know, you know, BSing me. Be you specific. Know? Oh, yeah. good, good morning, beautiful sex tonight. Oh my gosh, you're just getting further and further away from what I'm saying. You just said be specific. No, I was very specific. Not specific, specific about you, specific about me. Oh, oh, oh. If, it, if you're wishing me a good morning, then what about my morning should be good? Sex. Oh my gosh. All right, more of this conversation. <laughs> when we come for is KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, Will Smith is mad at uh, Jada's relationship with Tupac. I know.
This whole Will Smith thing. I, I thought he was going to say he was mad at the, uh, what's the other dude's name? Um, August Alcina. August Alcina. You know, but he, Tupac's the one we're mad at. What do you mean I mean, I Tupac? think he knew probably from the outside in. Jada's searching. August is young. This isn't going to last. Mm. Like well, August is such a though? young boy. I mean, Tupac. It well, sounds they went to like, school together. Yeah, and yeah. It, I think they had a really deep, deep connection. From yeah. what I understand, I obviously didn't know them back then. So, okay, all right. It sounds like they were really close. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Um. So Lawrence Fishburne's daughter. You, you, are you familiar with Montana Fishburne? Nope. So his daughter, like, um, his daughter did porn ten years ago. Oh, oh so you're, really? You're probably familiar with it. Yeah, now. I saw the tape. It wasn't. It wasn't a good career choice for her. No. I mean, you know what? Adult film. If we can just go there for a she moment. She is very pretty. She's very, very, very. Adult film takes a lot of skill and acting and uh, work to pull it off. It's not just you know you go and have sex on camera. There's a, you. You got to sell. You got to sell it. You know what I'm saying? And so. Yeah. Well, uh, let me tell you, none of those actresses I have seen are really gifted actresses. But the only thing they do sell is, you know, um, how they're feeling in the, the, that's, that, the moment. That's what they're selling. That's what they're selling. Not like, you know, oh, opening the door and hey, you know, it's just no, really no, no, cheesy. The, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the actual, the act of yeah. the, uh, you know, what you, the main scene. Yeah. Now, their acting skills could, you know, I think there's only one. Actress who maybe made crossed over successfully, and that's Sasha Gray, um, who went from doing adult film over, and she got, I think she got roles in Entourage. Actually, wrote her in uh, and had a storyline. Actually, the woman who did Deep Throat, what was her name? De- Debbie? Debbie? No, that's Debbie. That's Dallas. No, no. Um, she did a lot of movies. Oh, did she, she really? She did movies with Johnny Depp and everything. She's oh, really? She's actually a really gifted actress, believe it or not. I forget her name. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, she she crossed over. She was in Crybaby and some other movies. Wow. Yeah, so more more, yeah. more more adult actresses are are crossing over. You know, they're dabbling in it. But so Montana Fisher, she was 19 at the time. Um, she starred in a vivid release. So it was a, it was a big company. Um, Montana Fishburne, uh, an A-list daughter, makes her AAA de- debut. Um, the spokesman for the company Times said the wildly uninhibited Montana knew what what she wanted at uh, at the time. She said her goal was to become another Kim Kardashian because she greatly admired what Kim had accomplished after Vivid released her sex tape, Kim Kardashian Superstar. Um, her porn career took off. Mon- Montana insisted she wanted nothing to do with her famous father until he accepted her career choice as a porn star. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, I think, reportedly cut ties with his daughter for embarrassing him. And, and I want to say that a friend of Lawrence Fishburne's bought all the copies of the tapes. Oh. I, I want to say that. But it, I think it, it lives online, you know, as everything online. When he, she, did, she did a recent interview. Uh, she's 29 now. Mm-hmm. 29 now. Um, and on her relationship with her father, uh, they were. she was asked about her relationship with her father since the tape was released. She said, I did talk to my father. He told me he was embarrassed by me. My mom just says, I love you. We don't talk about it every day. She wants me to be happy and doesn't want me to get dragged into the dark side of porn. Uh, has she received other offers of a- on acting roles? She says, I can't be specific, but I have received acting roles. I'm open to scripted and reality. It just all depends on the pro- on what the project is. If something truly interests me, I'll get super involved and want to make it happen. That's why I did this movie. Um, and how she expects the sex tape to affect her career as an actress. 
Um, she says Kim Kardashian's sex tape was released, but she still got past that. Even though she got all the negative attention for it, she still has all these other ventures going on. That's is what I want to emulate having a tape come out and still being seen as a positive person, positive person, not just she's a porn star. Um, so, um, a few years after the, the adult film was released, Montana and, and Lawrence uh, reportedly re- reunited happily. So, um, what would you do if your daughter came home, though, and said, I, w- I want to do porn? That's a great question for Krista. <clears throat> no. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely not. No. Okay, I would say no. And you can't live here if, you, if you're going to do that. I will still love you, but I need some time to think about the decision that you made. No. No, you'd kick her out immediately? Yes, yeah, she can't. What she if she can't. just full steam ahead and did it? I think I would cry and I'd go into a deep depression. I'm not going to lie. I would be just, I'd be very disappointed, you know. Um, I'd need to know the reasoning behind it. Now, it depends on the porn. If she did girl-on-girl porn, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. Why is that more be- comfortable because than? Because the, the, with the guys and just knowing that there's all different types of just look at what, the guys that oh what, what if she did like uh, rom- romantic love making porn you know like uh, couples and you know if she did soft core porn it wouldn't bother me as much if she like did porn with like people that look like Ron Jeremy that would really upset me oh it's just the grotesque individual it's just the, the, the grotesque men that are touching her innocent body if she did you know, lesbian porn, whatever. You know, I, I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> Believe me, I would not be happy about it. But um, we'd have a problem, and I just have to, you know, figure out a way to deal with it. Yeah, I don't know how I would feel if my son came up to me and said he wanted to do adult film. I, I, I would probably advise him, just because he's very young, against it, you know. Um, you know, but I would support him. I wouldn't. I yeah, that's hard. What would you do if your child came up to you and honestly, I, y'all know I want to homeschool my kids. Yeah. My child's not going to know what porn is. How about that? <laughs> I know. We're, listen, we're listen. I can't, you, I can't, you as every parent I thinks, know. yeah, every parent wants to believe that their kids are not going to find the the mm-hmm. the the uh, vices of the world. But kids are kids; they'll find out. Trust I me. Just, no matter no matter how much you suppress it. No, no, no. We're gonna Unless you're going to keep them in their room somewhere, <laughs> they're I don't not going to know. Any Anybody but their family. You know, uh, hilarious. At, uh, in fourth grade, Sarah had a friend that came into my house, and I loved this little girl. I took on vacations with us so that Sarah had somebody to hang out with. She was showing Sarah porn on the computer. Wait, what grade? Fourth grade. Oh and I said, how did she find out about it? And apparently her brother, who was a high schooler, was showing her the, the porn because she w- walked in and saw him watching it. And he was explaining sex to his little sister via porn. I understand that sex sells, but I'm hoping that the the sex market becomes oversaturated soon and it becomes cool to not be sexual yeah. because I feel like you can just kind of get it anywhere now. Oh yeah. It's in the music. It's in the movies. It's all people are selling. And I, I think and maybe it's, it's way so much more accessible than yeah, when I was oh, yeah. saying, back in the day, I would assume because it wasn't as accessible, it was more coveted. Like the psychology of our mind wants things that we can't have. It's so funny. Actually, one of my little cousins, He's 19. He posted this meme on Instagram the other day that basically said, uh, when it, when you want to talk to her about her day, but she's throwing her boobs in the camera or something. And he uh. was like, man, yeah, this is what it's like now. And I was like, whoa, this is different. A young man complaining that a woman's being too sexual when he's trying to get to know her. 
So to me, that says we might go into the other direction where it becomes cool to not make everything about sex. And I'm not prude by any means. I think there is a place for everything. But I think when that becomes the ultimate draw on top of intelligence, on top of kindness and character and wisdom and making good choices. But why is that any different than what you're talking about right now? What do you mean? Like doing adult film over, over, over that. Because I, 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 why, if, why are the two unbalanced? I don't think it's unbalanced. I just think that sex is oversaturated. I don't think it it's is. a bad thing. I just think we have way too much and focus way too much on it right now. I think what we need to do is go in the opposite direction. I'm not saying everybody be a nun and cover up and don't appreciate intimacy and don't appreciate the body. I think all of those things are wonderful. But balance it out but a little yeah, bit more. But yeah, balance it out. Yes, and if you're looking for a partner, sure, that's important. But also... How are they with money? How are they kind? <laughs> are, are they going to split responsibilities? How are, th- are they when they get angry? There are just so many other things that I think we're not paying attention to because we're overpaying attention to all things sex. And I think this is, uh, to your point too, I think because we're paying attention to all things sex and everything is just so like in your face now as opposed to what it used to be. Uh, this study came out March of this year that said that um, – it found that between 20, 2007 and 2017, the number of 18 to 23-year-olds having casual sex has declined. Among men, it declined 24%. And among women, 31%. And they said that um, it declined to 31%. It said, and that is the lowest it's been from a decade before. Mm. So that's pretty interesting the, because the I've read a lot sex? of, I've just read a lot of studies that the, the young people um, are not having as much sex as, you know, people probably did when you and I were at that age. I wonder if it's because they're exposed to, to adult or pornography at a very young age and that they, are, are, I don't know. That I fully believe that what, what's not easily or readily available is what becomes coveted. Yeah. And I think that just, in, or my hope is that in the next season, we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that person is so talented and they don't have to use sex. That's a difference. It's not saying don't use it, don't appreciate it, but saying you don't have to just rely on that because there's so many other qualities. And I think that's what's going to become cool. You know, what was interesting, yeah. though, that Montana Fishburne <clears throat> wanted to be like Kim Kardashian. That was. Yeah, that, that's that's shocking that to me. Is, that yeah. is I. But, well, I mean, because, you know, you. And, and I and I guess you can't you can't duplicate that again because that was a certain moment in time. I mean, we had the Pam Anderson mm-hmm. sex tape that came. out. I think mm-hmm. she sparked the she did the celebrity sex tapes coming out. And then we had um, and then the Kim Kardashian one that came out, and, and that really kind of skyrocketed her. But and now, I don't think sex should be shamed. I actually think that that we got to this place because in America we've been so prudish about things. Like I and. I took this class and we were talking about what's appropriate for commercials and not commercials. If you look at commercials in Europe relating to sex and whatever, they're allowed to show and talk about yes. so much mm-hmm. more. Here, yeah. like, ah, you can't say that word. You can't yeah. do that. You can't. Yeah, uh, uh. And we've been so weird about it and talking about it has been weird. So I think now we've gone the opposite direction. America's not good at balancing. Right. It's, we go yeah. from one extreme go to broke the go other home. extreme. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. can we just get to a space where we appreciate sexuality and we're not afraid of it and it's not dirty and it's not weird but also we recognize that there are other qualities that are important too like is that so hard to ask right right no 
We can't do that. <laughs> no, it's just wouldn't ex- be America. Wouldn't be American. Extremes for everything. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's American as apple pie. Extreme. And I also would love to get to a place where sexuality is not associated with like all things fake. Like fake boobs, fake butt, fake everything, the lip injections. And, and if you want to do that, that's fine. I don't think it's cool to shame anybody for decisions that they make about their body. Mm-hmm. Period. It's mm-hmm. their choice. But I don't feel like young girls should grow up feeling like if they want to be beautiful, they have to do that. There's yeah. a difference. I don't. I think there's just something about a man that is, just from my standpoint of looking at a woman, that, and I don't know why I, 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 uh, view things the way I view and like to see the fakeness or the, the boobs or, or why. See, you know. the poet's so different. He was like, honestly, I, he what's that line? Show me something natural, a butt with some stretch mark. Like He's like, I don't want to see anything else that looks like a piece of plastic. Yeah. It all looks the same. I, I like perfection on, on a woman's body. It's I, your uh, fault. It, this it, is all your fault. Yeah, but you know, not a lot of guys are like Don. Believe me. I, I know so many guys that just, they can't handle, the the, the breasts are different than the butt. I, I keep hearing the butt is the big the problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't, the breasts I can't are that. different. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's just, it's weird. It looks weird to me. It just yeah. looks like a, def- like your body's deformed, especially when you got the skinny legs. Yeah. But uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I, I definitely have a certain body type that I'm attracted yeah, to. Yeah, fake looking. Yeah, but I mean, what am I supposed to do? I've, you know, I've, I've tried. I, I've got to be attracted to you, and that's my attraction. And yeah, I, don't, but I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know why. Attraction, attraction is also very psychological, and it changes over time. It does. If you just look at over the decades, what's deemed attractive continues to change, which tells you it's not something innate. A lot of times, what you're shown over and over again as being the most beautiful, your mind starts to want that thing. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think if the messaging changed and we changed, if we started so showing more overweight women, natural. I, no, I'm not saying overweight. <laughs> I'm just saying natural bodies. If we started showing more natural yes. bodies, I think that people would start to see natural bodies as more attractive. It's how you show off something. Megan, good. Me- Megan, oh, the, Meg the Megan Stallion. Stallion. Yeah, I, I think love. I love. She Megan has a great Stallion. body. Yeah, she's she has a great body. I love that. Her body's a, absolutely. She's just the right size. You know. Is she natural? Is everything natural? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I think yeah. She's, she's she's one of the few that talks about keeping her body. I mean, natural. she bought she bought three cheeseburgers from being fat, but she is right. She oh, riding see, that that's line. Rude. I, I think she lost weight because I remember seeing her uh, in 2019, and she was a little thicker. But now she's like, it looks like she's been really, really working out and just oh, kind of went down a little bit. Yeah. yeah she she has, like, she has an amazing body. It's, it's, all right. Well, listen, I'll try to work on my body shaming. You know, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. Stop. I, I'm about evolution. I'm all Good. about evolution. Yeah, we need to evolve. I'm so excited for, and you know what it is? I just see what it produces in so many young women. And what it produces is insecurity, it does. Un- unhappiness, looking at themselves. Chloe Bailey talks about this a lot. She's like, as confident as I try to come off and show my body all the time, I'm always looking at myself like I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect enough. And then you have a whole bunch of women who have low confidence. And then guys are like, well, I'm attracted to confidence. Well, go look, we're producing a culture of people who don't feel confident because we've told them if you don't look perfect, which is impossible, then mm-hmm. you're nothing. Yeah. And this has been going on for a long time. You know models. Yeah. yeah. They, they say the models are the loneliest women. I mean, you think they're so beautiful, but they have a lot of issues. People feel un- like they're unapproachable. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Santa Fe DA is uh, talking about the shooting on the Rust movie. We'll talk about that and uh, and how Alec Baldwin and, and producers are getting sued when we come forward. It's KBLA Talk 1580. We know you have options, but thank you, thank you for making the best choice. The only station in L.A. of the people, by the people, for the people.
energetically progress.